Amen. Thank you, Jesus. He is risen indeed. Good morning, Gateway Church. We're a growing family after God's heart, and as a family, we want to cordially welcome all of our guests. So if you're a guest today, you're visiting with us, we want to say it's great to have you here. We trust that uh, you experience the love of our Lord and that you would know that he is indeed alive. He is risen from the grave. Is that not true? Jesus is alive. I remember there's a song that I sang as, as a young boy, and it's because he lives. And uh, if you're my age or a little older, maybe, maybe a little younger, you will re- remember this great hymn. It goes like this, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. And because I know he holds the future, life is worth the living just because he lives. Some 40 years later, I still find myself singing that song because it is true. I mean, a month doesn't pass by and, and uh, I find myself humming that song. The words of that song comes to, to life, comes to mind. Therefore, I have good news to share with you today. If you're hopeless, because of the resurrection, there's hope. Maybe you've come today depressed. If you're depressed, I want you to know that there's encouragement today because of the resurrection. How about if you're just getting by? You don't have to just get by because there's a future for you in Christ. If you're lost, there's a place for you to belong. If you're alone, you may look around and say, well, I'm not alone. I have people sitting right beside me. But you may feel in your heart, I'm all by myself. I'm all alone. If you're alone, you have a best friend who died for you, who's waiting for you today to say yes to him. He's walking beside your wall today, and he has a post for you. Will you read it and respond to it? I'm going to pray just to begin. I want to... There's an echo. I I hear an echo back here somewhere. If you can fix that for me, please. Lord, speak to our hearts today through your word, I pray. Holy Spirit, we invite you, your person, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You have a message for each person today. Give us ears, Lord, to hear your voice. We pray this in your name. Amen. Here at Gateway Church, we're studying the Old Testament book of Nehemiah. It's a book about rebuilding. There was an actual wall that surrounded the city of Jerusalem. And this wall was broken down. There were, there were broken pieces of the wall all over the place. And so Nehemiah is a book about rebuilding. It takes leadership for a broken world to be rebuilt. God used Nehemiah. Nehemiah's heart was broken for his people in the city of Jerusalem. And he leaves and goes to this people. And he helps them rebuild the wall. 
And the wall is also used as a metaphor. Can walls sing? Well, at one time there was singing and dancing and rejoicing inside the protective walls of Jerusalem. The rebuilding project begins in chapter 3, and then the enemy attacks in chapter 4. This is how it reads. Chapter 4. When Samballot heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews and in, present, and in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria. He said, what are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble burned as they are? Samballot leads the way. He's taunting. He's ridiculing the people. And his friend, Tobiah, comes alongside and, and basically says what they are building, even if a little fox climbing up on it would break down their wall of stones. What were, what were these enemies saying? This isn't going to happen. The singing inside those walls, that will never be heard again. There will not be rejoicing in your life. Those days are over with. You have to, to do with, with the cards that have been dealt to you. What did Nehemiah say? That's not the case. Can these stones sing again? That's the question that I want to, to ask today. I want the Lord to answer this question from the heaps of rubble. Yes, they can. They can't themselves, but because of Jesus, Jesus can make the stones sing again because he rose from the dead. He has the power to do it. He has the power to take lifeless things and make them sing. It's true for you and for me because we battle Sam Ballots and Tobias every day. The enemy taunts us with accusing voices. You're not good enough. Why did you even come to church today? God's grace isn't sufficient for you. Your life is too broken. That sin that you're struggling with, that you can't seem to get a handle on, that you can't be victorious over, you're not going to win that battle. You're going to leave today the same way you came. It's going to be the same kind of service. I'm going to leave with this problem in my life. I'm going to leave with this problem in my life. That addiction, I'm going to come with that addiction. I'm going to leave with that addiction. But I say to you, that's the voice of the accuser, the enemy. The good news, the power of the gospel is that you can change not you yourselves, but Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit because he's alive. The same kind of dynamic occurred in the New Testament. There was a man who was hopeless, 
who was told to be quiet using the vernacular, here's what they said to this guy. Shut up. That was the words. Basically, when you interpreted the verse, that's what they were saying to this guy. His name's Bartimaeus. Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52 is the story. They came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. This is what he did every day. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout. What did he say? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more when they ridiculed Bartimaeus. When they said, in essence, you're a blind man, you're a beggar, that's who you will always be. Be quiet. He said, Son of David, he shouted at the top of his lungs, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and called him. So they called the blind man, cheer up, on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet. He came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see What are you going to respond to Jesus today? What are you going to say to Jesus? What is it that you really need? Not what you want. The Lord will reveal by his spirit what you really need. He said, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and follow Jesus along the road. Bartimaeus experienced a God touch in his life. Verse 49, Jesus stopped. Those two words changed everything. They are some of the most powerful words known to man. <laughs> Jesus stopped. What makes Jesus stop? What makes him take notice and touch people with his love and compassion and his power? Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. That's what the context said, Mark 10, 32. They were on their way up to Jerusalem with Jesus leading the way. And the disciples were astonished while those who followed him were afraid. Jesus had set his course. He was going to the cross. Nothing would stop him from that mission. He had a clear-cut goal. There are those who you have an objective, a goal to accomplish. You go after that goal. Steps one, two, three. Things are falling into place. 
Jesus knew exactly what the Father had called him to do. When he got to Jericho, he wasn't going to stop at the nearest Starbucks for a cup of coffee. That wasn't his plan. It wasn't on his agenda. He was going through Jericho to what? Go to the cross. Sometimes when we have a mission to accomplish, goals set before us, and we're interrupted, what does that do that causes us to be agitated? Jesus cries, our Barnabas cries out. I've heard of this Jesus from Nazareth. I've heard the stories. I believe this to be the Messiah. He's come to town, and the only thing that he has left, no one's going to take him to Jesus. No one's going to go out of their way, put their hand in his hand, lead him over to Jesus. He uses the only thing he has left, which is what? His voice. You have a voice. When you have a need, what do you do? I want to encourage you to use your voice to cry out to Jesus. That's what Bartimaeus did. Those who experience the God touch are honest about their need. Son of David, have mercy on me. I'm a needy man. I'm a blind man. People say, I want to experience God in my life. I want a God touch in my life. How does that happen? You got to be honest about your need. Secondly, you verbalize your need. Thirdly, you resist the resistance. There has to be a holy desperation in our life. Jesus, son of David, you are my only hope. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled Jesus, you're my only hope for salvation. Jesus, you're my only hope for sanctification. Jesus, you're my only hope for satisfaction, for everything. We have to get to that place in our lives. If we never get there, we'll never be satisfied. Jesus stopped, called him. What do you need? What would you like? He said, let me recover my sight. Bartimaeus had to break through the resistance. And I close with these words about resistance. Here are the resistances that get in the way. So I, I, as I put these up on the screen, I want you to circle the one that you struggle with today. Then we're going to close. What will people think? Bartimaeus got to the place in his life where he didn't care what people thought anymore. If you got to that place, 
You're so desperate for God in your life that it doesn't matter. I'll leave my cloak behind. I'll scream at the top of my lungs, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Pride. Pride. I'm going to work this out myself. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. That's what the word says. Will you humble, humble yourself before God today and say, I can't work these things out myself in my life. I need you, Jesus, unbelief. I don't know if Jesus can help me. This is the one that I, I struggle with. If I were to circle, well, I could probably circle all four of them. But the one that I really struggle with now in the season of life that I'm in is unbelief. Way of the cross this, this last week, Thursday and Friday, the one station where we we write down the sins that we're struggling with on a piece of paper. Now, I'm not going to tell you all the sins that I struggle with, all right? <laughs> You're saying, spare me. I will spare you. But I just began to jot some of the sins down that, Lord, you know, in this season of my life, your grace is sufficient. Help me here, Jesus. I confess my sin to you. I wrote down unbelief. I wrote it on that piece of paper, unbelief. I don't know, Jesus, if you can help me. Isn't that, for a preacher to say that, that doesn't really stir a lot of faith in, in your heart right now. I'm just being honest. There's a few things happening in our lives, and sometimes I struggle with unbelief. Jesus, have you just walked by me? <laughs> it's like I confessed it. Jesus, you can help me. Amen. You have the power to help me, Jesus. I'm not going to start. I'm not going to stop asking you now, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Do not pass me by. Stop, Jesus. Forgive me of my unbelief. I believe you will help me. I believe you will give me grace in this season of my life. You have to work through the barriers of resistance. Do you want a God touch in your life? Break down the walls of fear, of pride, of unbelief. Shame. This is a big one for, for many of you. I don't know if I'm even worthy of a touch. I don't deserve a touch from God. What if Bartimaeus concluded that? What if he just said, hey, I'm going to stay where I'm at 
Jesus doesn't want to heal me. I'm not worthy. I think Jesus would have walked on by. He was going to Jerusalem. He was going to the cross. I think the the reason why Jesus stopped and healed Bartimaeus is because Bartimaeus said, Jesus, loudly. He broke through the shame. I don't deserve a touch from God. Fair enough, you're right. You don't deserve a touch from God. Neither do I. But the good news is, Jesus wants to touch us. The lie of Jesus, or the lie of the enemy, is that Jesus is too busy with other things, helping the real spiritual superstars. Why would he want to stop and help me? I'm just a blind beggar. That's a lie. And you might just have to tell the enemy, enemy, you shut up in Jesus' name. Have you ever done that before? I have. I'm starting to say that more often in my prayer life. The enemy comes with his lies. He sends the Samballots and the Tobias, whispers lies into my mind, tries anyway, and I say, enemy, shut up in Jesus' name. You can do that. (laughs) I'm not worthy, but Jesus loves me nonetheless. Listen. Desperate times require desperate measures. Let me say that again. Desperate times require desperate measures. Barnabas used his voice and resisted the resistance. How desperate are you really for a touch from God? Why did you come today? Tradition? Because it's the right thing to do on Easter? If there's not a holy desperation in your heart today, folks, listen, you're going to leave the same way you came. And if you leave the same way you came, this was a waste of time, really. We all need to meet Jesus today. It takes desperation to meet him. Are you satisfied with where you're at in your walk with the Lord? If you are, you won't be desperate. And listen, Jesus is going to walk right by today. If you're not desperate for Jesus, he's going to walk right by you. And I can't afford that in my life. Can you? Desperation says, Jesus, I won't let you pass me by. I will resist the resistance today. How desperate are you for God? 
I'm going to ask the worship team to come. We're going to close this part of the service. I want you to respond to the Lord by the work of his spirit. What resistance, and then keep them right up here, what resistance are you struggling with? Everyone's got a card. Here's what I want you to do with the card today. If you can just grab this card today. Just, there's plenty of them around. Just grab one closest to you. Maybe you're still blind spiritually. Your spiritual eyesight, you're blind. And you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus alone for salvation. We're going to hear a testimony shortly. Jake's going to tell you. And I'm kind of stealing his thunder, but, but Jake, you can say it again, all right? But Jake... Jake got saved here at Gateway Church about two months ago, right here. First time. For the first time, I placed my faith and trust in Jesus for my salvation. Do you know you're saved? If you can't emphatically today, if you can't say without you know, a doubt in your mind, then simply during the time when the song is being played, say, Jesus, have mercy on me, a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. Today, forgive me, Jesus. He will, he will, he will forgive you of your sin. All these songs that we sang will have meaning. The old rugged cross, the gospel, it's all gonna, there's gonna, there's gonna be a light that goes on. Cry out to Jesus and then mark that box. If you do, I want to send you a new believer's Bible right here. I want to send you this Bible. If you don't know that you're saved, put a stake, put a stake in the ground today. Secondly, today I'm recommitting my life to Jesus. Maybe, maybe that's what you need to do. Maybe I have questions about Jesus and what that may mean for my life. Or today I give praise and thanks to Jesus for eternal life. But at the bottom of the card, if you need prayer, if you're saying, I need prayer, I'm struggling with fear, I'm struggling with pride, <laughs> trying to work this, cell, or this, this sanctification thing out, in my own power, and I'm falling into the same sins. I'm struggling with unbelief. I'm struggling with shame. I want you to write one of those down there. And, and then I, I want you to know I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to personally go through these cards. And this week... Sometime during this week, if you say, I'm struggling with pride, 
I'm going to pray for you by name. Not that my prayers are more powerful than anybody else, but I just want you to know that I care for you, that I'm a pastor. That means a shepherd. I'll bring it to the other leaders. Let's pray. I put down unbelief. I shared my sin with you. I shared one of the, the, the resistances in my own life. Will you be humble enough to say to Jesus today, Jesus, I'm struggling with fear. And just write it down. And I'll pray for you. We're going to sing. The song is going to be, be sung. And then after, or no, I'm going to ask the ushers if they'll just come forward. We're not gathering up the offering. That's going to be at the end of the service. I want the ushers to come forward. And what we're doing now is we're just, we're just putting this card in the basket, all right? So they're going to come forward, and they're going to just pause for a few moments here at the front, all right? You guys can begin the music. Got to give the folks a little bit of time. So you just come. Just, just come to the front, pause for a few moments. I'm going to pray, Lord. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts, God. I pray for those here who've never given their lives to Christ, that today would be their day of salvation. That right now you would say, Jesus, save me. That's all it takes. Bartimaeus, all he said was, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, and he was saved. Mark that box. I want to pray for you. Right now, just start filling out these cards, whatever you're struggling with. If you want to write that down, you can.